0: Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles.
1: New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers.
0: We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo,
2: quick pass, caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers. Kittle is going to go. Touchdown.
1: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to an emergency episode of Candlestick Chronicles, the 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. My name is Chris Biederman. I cover the 49ers for the Sacramento Bee. With me as always, it is Kyle
2: Madsen of Niners Wire and 95.7 The Game. Kyle, what's going on? Oh, I'm just hanging out. I've got a glass of red wine with me, and I'm here to talk about some breaking 49ers news. I guess it's not breaking news now. No, it's just normal news, but the 49ers made a move. They did they uh they acquired emmanuel sanders the wide
1: receiver from the denver broncos uh we had talked about the 49ers possibly adding a receiver before the deadline earlier this week and uh suffice to say i don't think it was uh it was the most intelligent conversation given the way things went down we saw early tuesday morning muhammad sanu go to the new england patriots for a second round pick and i thought he would be somebody that could be had for a fifth or sixth round pick and i guess Maybe one thing I, I, I'm overlooking is the way chain, the, the way trades have sort of changed in the NFL lately when it comes to adding a player during the season. Um, it used to be that trades were pretty rare, and, and you would have teams dumping guys for late-round picks because it was worth it to them to maybe move off that salary. But Mohamed Sanu is not making a ton of money. The Patriots obviously uh, need to upgrade at receiver, and so getting Sanu – is really important to them. He's he's probably more valuable to the Patriots and a lot of other teams, just given all that's at stake, right? Like the Patriots are a Super Bowl contender, obviously. And and the 49ers now have announced themselves in that same group, it, not, not only being 6-0, but now putting more chips into the middle of the table and saying, all right, we felt like our receiving core was underperforming. And so we went out and we got probably one of the best receivers on the market. And we'll have to see if A.J. Green gets traded. But I do think that ankle injury is is going to be bothersome. So the 49ers sent Denver their third and fourth round picks in the upcoming 2020 draft. And Denver attached a fifth round pick with Sanders. So in essence, the 49ers gave up a third round pick and basically moved back from round four, presumably to early round five. Uh, to to get Sanders, and all in all, I, I think it's a good deal because he's just a very productive player in comparison to what the 49ers have at receiver already, and and you made this point before we came on. Sanders, his, his production is more than, than Debo Samuel and Marquise Goodwin combined from, from both a reception standpoint and a yardage standpoint, and he has two touchdowns, which is as many as Goodwin and Samuel combined. So Kyle give me give me your analysis on on what you think this means for the 49ers.
2: Well so one of the big things we've been harping on with with this Niners receiving core right is their is their lack of consistency and their lack of experience and Emmanuel Sanders brings both of those things. Uh, he's been in the league a long time. He's he's in year uh, 10 right now and he's just he's been a consistent reliable receiver every year he's been in the league. And Kyle Shanahan talked about him last year before the 49ers played the Broncos and and Sanders actually tore his Achilles uh, prior to that game. But he said, uh, quote, this is from uh, Dickie Jabvala of the Athletic. He said, quote, Emmanuel is the man. He's always been the man is extremely quick he knows how to separate he can beat man coverage and he's also fearless and then he goes on uh, to to talk more about Sanders skill set this is a guy that shanahan clearly likes and it's somebody that that he thinks and the 49ers think can provide something that they don't have uh, in their receiving core and it it feels like the kind of move that is substantial this isn't them just adding another uh, you know third or fourth receiver Sanders in this iteration of the Niners offense, can be that consistent go-to guy, I think, that that they've been lacking.
1: Yeah, and I think it speaks to how they felt about the receiver position in the offseason. And and you read after this trade comes out that the 49ers were interested in Emmanuel Sanders in the offseason, and they are also interested in Mohamed Sanu in the offseason. So they went into the year thinking, okay, we – probably are going to have to make an upgrade at receiver at some point. And one thing the 49ers did have their first two seasons, which we talked about a lot too, was with Pierre Garcon, you had a veteran who was experienced within the offense. uh, Somebody who at one point in his career was reliable and he had certain, uh, he had a few games with the 49ers and he only played in, in eight games in his two seasons with San Francisco because of injuries but you liked what he brought to the table because he was experienced, he was versatile, he was tough. And while Sanders and, and Pierre Garçon have very have very different skill sets, I do think they have a certain veteran presence that's similar to each other. And that's really what the 49ers have lacked. Marquise Goodwin is really the most veteran guy on the, on the roster at that position. And you also have Jordan Matthews, who's more than likely going to be the one on the wrong side of this move once the 49ers have to make that corresponding move uh, to get Sanders on the roster and and get the roster down to 53. And we'll talk about that a little bit later with the news that that Kyle Nelson is going to be brought back this week. But I look at it like this, man, like the Niners are going all in, or at least as all in as they can go within reason, right? Like the fact that they don't have second, third and fourth round picks, I don't think that's overly problematic because you look at the roster, and this team has had so many draft picks these last few years that there aren't glaring holes. Like, I think right now, with the exception of maybe a few free agents who the 49ers could bring back in theory under under the salary cap, like there aren't glaring holes that you need to f- fill with draft picks. You look at the secondary and you say, okay, well, Jimmy Ward's a free agent. Well, if Jimmy Ward leaves, then you have Tavarius Moore in year three. And we've already seen Tavarius Moore start in games. And he has some things to work on, but I think he could be a high-level starter. And then, you know, at cornerback, you're thinking about life beyond Richard Sherman. Well, you have Akella Witherspoon who's playing well now. I know he's hurt at the moment. And you also have Emmanuel Mosley who maybe could be a long-term starter if you need him to be. So maybe you don't need to draft a cornerback next year with with a premium draft pick if if, if you don't use a first-round pick there uh receiver I think is a position where it would make a lot of sense for the 49ers to use their first round pick next year and they still have that first round pick but what they don't have right now until trading for Sanders is that number one guy that you can that you can rely on and look Sanders has played in two super bowls he played in the Super Bowl at the Steelers in 2010 they lost to the Packers and, and he played at Levi Stadium in Super Bowl 50 and won that game six catches 81 yards uh against Carolina and so this is somebody who is playoff tested. And you look at what's facing the 49ers this season, if and when they go to the playoffs, they may have to win a game. If they have to go on the road and and they don't end up winning the number one seed, they might have to win a game in New Orleans or Green Bay or somewhere like that. And I don't think you could look at Dante Pettis and Debo Samuel and Marquise Goodwin right now. And we don't know if Trent Taylor is going to come back healthy. We don't know if Jalen Hurd's going to come back healthy, and Jalen Hurd has never played an NFL game. So you can't look at the 49ers receiving core and feel comfortable that, okay, these guys are going to go into a hostile environment and we can rely on them to make the plays we need to make to win this game and go to the Super Bowl. Emmanuel Sanders has been there. He has, in eight games, in eight postseason games, he has has 36 catches, 448 yards. Uh, He hasn't scored a postseason touchdown, but I think you tweeted it out today, like he's a really good red zone player. So the 49ers have struggled in the red zone, and now they get somebody who fits the offense, who's been running a similar offense with Denver under Rich Scangarello, who was a 49ers quarterbacks coach the last two years. And it makes a lot of sense. And I'd imagine he's going to hit the ground running, and and it should give a boost to the entire offense as a whole.
2: Yeah, when you look at specifically, you mentioned that, that red zone productivity. He has 39 receiving touchdowns. In his career, 26 of them have come in the red zone, and that's pretty impressive for a guy uh, who's not who's not a super big receiver. He's 5'11, 180. Uh, he lines up all over the field. There's there's a variety of ways that the Niners are going to be able to use him and use him uh, effectively right away. There's not going to be the growing pains that we've seen with Dante Pettis or Debo Samuel or any of the other receivers. Another stat that really jumps out to me when you talk about reliability and, and having a go-to receiver converting on third down has been so huge that's been that's been one of the key things about the 49ers offense this year is they've been able to extend drives <laughs> Emmanuel Sanders this season has 17 catches for first downs that's more than any 49ers receiver has catches total Debo Samuel leads right. the team with 15 catches and Emmanuel Sanders has 17 just for first downs and I think that's going to be one of the big things that if Uh, Garoppolo trusts him very quickly if they can build that rapport and Garoppolo knows that he can go to him in tough situations and take some of the onus off George Kittle in those in those third and seven third and eight situations I think that I think that opens an element of the 49ers offense that we haven't seen I don't think it maximizes it to kind of the the full potential of the offense when it's all clicking but I do think it adds another layer that makes them even more difficult to defend.
1: Yeah. And, and it, it is a good trade. I think if assuming he stays healthy and, and I think what they gave up, it's sort of a win-win situation. If you're John Elway and you're rebuilding and you get a third and fourth round pick while giving up a fifth uh, to get off of Emmanuel Sanders, who's in the last year of his deal, who's probably going to walk in free agency from away from Denver anyway, then you're getting a lot more than than the compensatory pick a year from now than, than you would get or sorry, you're getting more in this trade than you would get in the in the compensatory formula, uh, which would vest in the 2021 draft. So it's a good move for Denver. I do think it's a good move for the 49ers. But on the other hand, it doesn't come without risk, right? So Emmanuel Sanders tore his Achilles in December. uh, And the fact that he's playing this season and has played as well as he has, is really pretty remarkable, just given the fact that He returned to training camp seven or eight months after the injury, which is really damn quick. Um, And he's been playing well as, you know, 30 catches, 367 yards, a pair of touchdowns. Um, He's catching 68 percent of his targets. He doesn't have a drop this year. Uh, I just think it's really impressive for a guy at his age to play at that level coming off that injury. So we'll have to see if he remains healthy enough to to help the 49ers because that is kind of a scary injury. We know Richard Sherman talked about how painful his heel was uh, playing on his heel a, a year after the the Achilles injury that he went through last year and he had ha- had to have sutures removed after the season uh, and he feels a lot better now. He's, he equated it to uh, playing with nails in his tires, right? So we don't know exactly what the deal is with with you know where, what kind of uh, what kind of surgery Emmanuel Sanders had, or if he still has those sutures in in his leg. I I would assume that he feels fine um, because he has been playing well, albeit in an offense that struggled with Joe Flacco, a quarterback, which hasn't been particularly impressive so far for them. But I think you made a really good point before we came on here, Kyle, and that. People talk of you know when when we talk about the receiving core struggling or the receiving core not being consistent or all that productive, I think people rightfully make the point that well yeah the 49ers are are not getting a ton through the air but they're also um, they're also running the ball really well and and playing to their defense and and I thought you made an interesting point beforehand so why don't you go ahead and and offer that to uh, to our listeners?
2: Yeah, so one of the things that one of the things a lot of people have been saying I've been I've been pointing out that you know the the stats like Emmanuel Sanders has more first down catches than than the 49ers leading receiver has catches, and and people point to uh, the quarterback play and and the and the offense as if as if Julio Jones in the Niners offense would have fifteen catches for one hundred and eighty six yards and a touchdown. Uh, I I really think that the quality of 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 play at that position has dictated the 49ers run heavy offense. Kyle Shanahan wants to run the ball i i I think that that's going to be a thing whether they have a top flight receiver or not. I think the heavy reliance on that running game though has been because of the talent on the outside um, We've seen him take shots down the field we've seen Jimmy Garoppolo under throw balls um we we We've seen some drops that have that have impacted their passing numbers, but I really think that just what Kyle Shanahan said throughout the offseason, and they don't have a number one, they're looking for somebody to be consistent, and then just the lack of consistency throughout the year. He's not opening his offense down the field, I think, the way that that he would in an ideal world. The addition of a player like Sanders, I think, opens that up a little bit more. And I think we're going to see a little more passing from the 49ers if Sanders does integrate into the offense a little more, a little more fluidly and quickly gains the trust of Garoppolo.
1: Yeah. And, and to the point about Julio Jones, I, I, it speaks to like Kyle Shanahan is adaptable, right? Like he, he is adaptable to his personnel. Um, in 2016, when the Falcons had that historically good offense in uh, route to the Super Bowl, they had the fifth ranked rushing offense, right? The 49ers are number two right now, but Julio Jones still had 1400 yards, and 83 catches and 129 targets. So it's not, it's not that like the 49ers can't have a good passing game and a good running game at the same time. No, they absolutely can. I think one of the reasons why Kyle Shanahan has been so prone to running the ball is simply because he doesn't have a ton of faith in his receivers, and we haven't seen any reason to this point to believe otherwise. So I think now when you have somebody who's been in the league who's been in a lot of big games, who's seen probably every coverage you can possibly see in Emmanuel Sanders and who can play both or all three of the 49ers receiver positions, the X, the F and the slot and the Z, then I think the passing game could open up a little bit. And, and in, in terms of the passing game opening up, you know, defenses aren't going to be able to only key on George Kittle now and single cover all the 49ers, other receivers. So that could potentially be really beneficial for Kittle and open things up for the other guys too. So, you know, I, I understand that, you know, giving up a third and a fourth round pick is potentially a steep price. And the 49ers have found starting caliber players in those rounds, right? Like Fred Warner was a third round pick. Akella Witherspoon was a third round pick. George Kittle was a fifth round pick. George Kittle was a fifth round pick and Hey, the 49ers got another fifth round pick. So, um, but I think just where the roster stands, and I mentioned it earlier, like they can make this deal because they're contending now. Like This is why you have draft picks. This is why you draft so many players like the 49ers did when they were rebuilding because they have depth on the roster now that's been in the system both offensively and defensively, uh, and you feel okay about dealing those draft picks away, which obviously don't have a 100% hit rate anyway yeah Uh, because of where the roster stands and now you're contending and you need to add a piece to your receiving core and now you look at the 49ers roster yeah they have some injury issues obviously without their tackles and without kyle use and and with the inexperience behind emmanuel sanders at the receiving core but like the 49ers roster is loaded right now yeah and if they if if they stay healthy they're they are going to be a, a, a force to be reckoned with in january because we've said it before in this pod like Running the ball, playing defense, being able to rush the quarterback—that is a formula to make a deep run into the playoffs. And maybe now we're going to get a little bit more production from Jimmy Garoppolo because that's been another thing we've had questions about this year.
2: Yeah, the the one of the big things I, I work in Bay Area sports radio, and I, I answer phones is one of my jobs, and so I hear a lot of takes. And a lot of people were really worried about what adding a player would do to the to the locker room chemistry. And this, to me, is the 49ers front office telling this group like, hey, we believe in you. We're not worried about the 2020 NFL draft right now. We're worried about this year. There is a Super Bowl contender now in this locker room, and we're adding more talent to it because we think we can go win it this year. Forget the future. Forget third-round picks. Forget fourth-round picks. They they set the tone early, dealing the 2020 second for D. Ford. They want to contend now. And that's what this move says to me.
1: Yeah, no question. And and what would a deep playoff run mean to the organization, right? Like, it would be everything. Yeah. Yeah. And com- coming into the season, I predicted they would go 8-8, eight and eight simply because I didn't know what they would do. But you and I were also on this pod saying, the 49ers could win 11 games just as easily as they could win 5. Right. Because because we've they were just such a high variance team because of all the injuries and because of all the things that went wrong the last couple of years. Well, now they're done rebuilding. This roster is built. Uh, this is year three of things. And, and they have the players, they have, they have what they need to make a run. And so this is a good time to go all in. Um, so I think if, if there's one other thing I, I do want to point out too, you mentioned locker room chemistry. It, it should be pointed out that Sanders requested a trade away from Denver. And from for whatever reason, things didn't go particularly well the, these last couple years with Sanders in the front office. And I don't know who's to blame necessarily, but I, I would look at the situation from afar and say, OK, Emmanuel Sanders went to Denver when they had Peyton Manning. And obviously he was super productive with Peyton Manning as his quarterback. When he had those three straight a thousand yard seasons from uh, 2014 to 2016, um, and John Elway hasn't really been able to to figure out the quarterback situation since then. While Sanders has stuck around, and the and the Broncos went from Super Bowl champions to sort of this team toiling in mediocrity, right? So maybe that's the source of the consternation between Sanders and and the front office. But um, otherwise, I, I think. I think Sanders is going to fit in just fine to the Niners locker room. And I think the locker room is going to embrace him. And the fact that this team is winning and like everybody wants to win at the end of the day and winning solves just about everything. So any bad feelings that Sanders might have should be alleviated by this change of scenery to, to a team that's winning.
2: Yeah, I think so. And I, and I think ultimately when you, when you hear from NFL players or talk to NFL players, these dudes, at the end of the day, are are about winning, and if there's a guy who's going to help them win, I think they're I think they're going to embrace him.
1: And so, I guess the last point I want to make before we wrap this quick one up is, Sanders is in the last year of his contract, so this could be a rental or it could be a situation where he comes back to the team uh, on a net on another deal. But if he leaves and he signs a lucrative contract elsewhere, then you're looking at getting added to the compensatory pick formula. So if the 49ers don't end up re-signing Sanders and he proves to be productive, productive enough to get a lucrative contract from somewhere else in the spring, then the Niners are going to get recouped with a draft pick in 2021. So dealing away that third or fourth round pick might not look so bad if if Sanders is a valuable player for them during the stretch run and and if he can con- contribute in the playoffs. So it's not just they're burning up um you know third and fourth round picks to get this guy if things work out he's going to factor into that comp pick formula and maybe they get some of that value back
2: yeah that would be i think that would be the ideal but but really the the fact of the matter is is the 49ers turnaround from from 2017 to 2018 to to now can can really be summed up with the fact that the the nfl draft and draft picks couldn't matter less at this point of the year when at this time last year they were all that mattered. Yeah, so
1: we'll talk a little bit more about Sanders on Thursday. He presumably is going to be at the 49ers facility tomorrow on Wednesday. We're recording this Tuesday night. Uh, so we will talk about what players are saying, what Sanders is saying, uh, and have a little bit more more detail and context to to bring to this discussion and we'll also preview Sunday's game against the Carolina Panthers. So, we hopped on for an emergency pod. It's it was a shorter one than usual. But uh, thank you guys for listening, and we will talk to you later in the week.
3: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in.